Imagine having all, guess all, of your learning challenges solved. With the Tables Learning Suite, an AI-powered LMS built for enterprise, you can tackle any challenge. You can easily create and manage content, deliver training, and measure the business impact of your programs. The Chabo is built for customers, partners, and employees alike, with dozens of integrations to embed directly in the flow of work. Check out Dechebo today at docebo.com. Welcome to C-Lab, the podcast where we spill the tea on chuggy customer education myths and misconceptions and high key, give your program the glow up with straight bussin' tips that give you customer riz, no cap. I'm Gen Z, Adam Evermescu. That's fire. That's straight fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, amazing. Uh, they told us that we should never do that again. Uh, I just I just heard never, never from the, uh, the editors. Yeah. Oh my God, we have editors. We love it. Okay, don't do that, Adam. Stay in your lane. Hey, uh, okay. Let's start off with uh, the the national holiday year of. Yeah, what's what's the national holiday? Ooh, I love it today. Today we have look for an evergreen day. Mm, can't see one. Can't see one. Where you at? You do you see have... an evergreen? Oh yeah, I could. Well, there's actually one I'm looking at in my. You are you are in the Pacific Northwest after all. But yes, I see them across the street. There's a church over there and the, the grocery store and tons of evergreens. I love them. And it's the holidays. Yay. Yeah, it is. And and you are holiday. Holiday. Okay, that's great. Uh, cool. So uh, befitting of the season, it's the end of the year. And we are recapping 2023. We're going to make some predictions about 2024. And I, I think, Dave, if I had to summarize the year, I would say that to some extent, it feels a little bit like uh, 2022 part two. <laughs> like, or 2019 part four or five. 2019 part part <laughs> infinitum. It's never stopped. It's still we, we saw. Yeah, let's let's just let, let it ride. Let it ride. We, we saw a continuation of, of a lot of the same economic trends from last year, yeah. uh, continuing complex and often troubling geopolitics, uh, more tech layoffs, a difficult fundraising environment, and the rise of AI. It sounds a lot like 2022. What do you think? I think you're right. I think we're, it's been hectic again. So, so much chaos. Yeah, let's just take a breath and then um, let's talk about it. Where do we want to start off? Um, why don't, why don't we start off by talking about ourselves, uh, our, often our favorite topic. Like it was a, it was a big year for us. So Dave, what, like what happened with you this year? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I, I want to break this down into two parts. So one of it is my, my, you know, career day job self working in, I work at service rocket and I'm working in a, in a services company, which has been really eye opening. And it's been eye-opening for a lot of facts because now I've had the opportunity to talk with scores of people in a consulting kind of manner and provide services to them like we would doing the like we're doing the job. Like I've been doing the job for years. Now I'm on the outside of that. That's been really fascinating. The the lesson learned is, of course, geo, uh, um, you know, economic climate aside. It's a really powerful thing to be able to do customer education as a uh, as a services person, um, I wouldn't. Yeah, have... true. You're you're seeing it from a whole new angle. 
Right. But it exposes some interesting topology, the same kind of things that I felt internally in my job. Now I'm seeing so many people have the same struggle. Like, how do I promote myself? How do I connect to leadership? How do I get some big project across the line and not spend an arm and a leg to do it? What do, who do I really need? What do I really need? All these questions came up, contextualize externally. Now, That was really mm -hmm. interesting to find out. Um, the other thing I would talk about is that this year, the learning Dave, the customer education Dave, that's been out there just trying to really go to the next level in what I see and what I know about the craft, right? I took, I got, I got the opportunity to go to all of the conferences that I could, you know, connect. I went to inspire, I went to, you know, cognition, et cetera, all of them learn from work ramp, um, and even pulse and, I spent time, this is hard for me, not speaking. Just oh, Dave, how did you how did you do it? Bernard. <laughs> but the other the Did thing, they forcibly restrain you? Um, yeah, it's duct tape. It worked. <laughs> works, works a dream. <laughs> but our hands are still going. You had to tie those back too. That's actually so little known fact uh for our listeners. Sometimes when I do a solo episode, uh Dave is actually there, just his mouth is duct tape. <laughs> Yeah. That's a that's a little behind the scenes trivia for you about the C Lab podcast. Okay, okay, Dave, I think we've roused you enough. Let's yeah. keep going. Well, what did you? No, I'm I'm good. The, the fact that I think as a as a consultant, you know, a trusted advisor, kind of partner, third party, and going to all the conferences, I my view of what customer education is and does has been expanded, and there's a message of hope in there too. What about you? What makes you hopeful? Oh, let's talk about that throughout the episode. <laughs> okay, okay, oh, lots good, of good. I, now, it looks like yeah. Now that I've now that I've stepped on the transition, yes, good job. <laughs> All right, uh, cool. What about me? I uh, it was my first full year in Europe. I've been I've been describing myself as a baby European. I think now maybe I'm like a toddler European, a Euro Todd. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well. You're not so awkward part? and you're able, able to... Oh, I'm throwing more tantrums, mostly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and having trouble walking. Well, that's just because you're in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's that's true. You get hit by bikes here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm feeling more settled uh, in, in a different environment, in a new role. Uh, at work, we launched Voyage by Personio, which is our new learning brand uh so really excited that we got that into the world and it was a huge highlight we're really excited to keep developing it so you know big kudos to my team for for that yeah fantastic yeah and i think that that's that's me i guess like my my learning adam and my my work adam are pretty close to each other right now for that reason well you know one of the things that i just kind of breaking the wall a little bit here. One of the things that you and I conversed about before we started this discussion and over the years is that we've had this journey where you're, I'm going to go and learn this in this job. I'm going to go here and I'm going to learn this thing. And then we come back together and do these kinds of things. One of the things I was very interested in learning from you over the, the, the last year or so that you've engaged at Personio is now you have a higher remit, uh, a you know, VP tunnel. And what are the, some of the kind of things you can probably talk about them throughout the episode, but what are the, some, how are things different from that vantage point and that pers mm. perspective? That would be something to learn. about. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, good question. So listeners, we were we were talking in the pre-show before we turned on the the mics about how like in a way the more the more experiences that you collect in your portfolio, so to speak, the better equipped you are then to pattern match and to kind of have like an informed perspective when you enter new situations. So like sometimes you you have and, and this doesn't even need to be different companies, right? It could be different positions. It could be having different things in your remit when you uh, are leading a program. It could be taking on new programs. But the more of that you have, then the more you kind of get to like put that in your in your portfolio. Yeah. So I think like number one for me is inherent in being a VP is having a large scope. Like there's, there's just multiple things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. So like I could be going from, you know, having a, a meeting about like material costs and budget to having uh, a meeting about like how we're going to uh, spur peer answer rate in the community to uh, a meeting about, you know, planning our survey design for an internal learning uh, leadership training to uh, going to like a program review for our help center where we're talking about uh, like SEO keywords, right? So it's like, you just get you get a variety of of stuff. Uh, there is a lot of uh, people stuff as well. So like I, I feel like as a leader of leaders, like I'm responsible in a lot of ways as well for the culture of our org and kind of figuring out uh, what is driving engagement or what might be detracting from engagement. Uh, and and ultimately, though, I, I think also making sure that that all levels up to our business goals and our company goals and everything is aligned, contextualized. So I think a big theme for us this year is when I came in originally last year, there were different teams that were coming together under the mantle of customer education. And so the first thing was like, let's let's form a team identity. Let's bring these, these teams together. Uh, you know, even though the work that they're doing isn't changing dramatically on day one, we need to start thinking a little bit more like one team. So how do we do that? How do we develop more common goals? How do we run in the same direction yeah. while still acknowledging that we do different things? And so we we did that. We got a lot better at that. And then this year, it's like, okay, we hit that milestone. So now what do we do? Number one is we have to start expanding the focus of what we do. So moving, for instance, from focusing primarily on driving efficiencies for the business to also figuring out how we can drive a more effective go-to-market motion how we can drive customer retention and uh, net retention in some cases. So figuring out how to use the tools we have to do bigger and better things for the organization. Uh, But also then like thinking about the evolution from last year to this year, it's not just like taking on these new focus areas. It's also, okay, we all learned how to run in the same direction together. And we all kind of like figured out each other's rhythms. But now if you're all running in the same direction, sometimes you're bumping into each other because you're duplicating efforts. <laughs> so how do we now learn more how to like put one person's name on something, how to figure out when we're duplicating work and to call that out. And you kind of like pull the Kaizen cord and say, hey, we're going to uh, unduplicate efforts. So like these are the types of things that in my position, I'm working with the rest of our leadership to to really orchestrate and uh yeah, make sure this happens correctly. So I don't know. That's like a little bit of a taste, I guess, of what what my life is like. I don't know if that was insightful or I was absolutely ramble. No, well, I mean, it was the good ramble because you touched on what 
I would be hoping to see our role develop into as you know a VP type role, where now you're really connecting that fabric of leadership and organizationally, you're able to you know go down, back up, give people the information and help alignment, which is I true. Think- but let's let's also acknowledge though that like titles are are to some extent arbitrary. Like what I do as a VP at Personio might have been similar to what I could have done under a director title at Slack. So like some of this is related to the size of the organization. Some of this is related to the stage of the org. And I'm not saying that's actually true, by the way, like I'm just using that as an example. So I think it's, you know, like what I would say to listeners who might. Well, yeah, like, like if you're, if you're seeking a certain title, but you're not contextualizing it in in the organization and what that title means to that organization, I would just say there's like nothing magical about having a certain title. It's all about the scope of work that you do. It's about the variety of programs that you have responsibility for. It's about how directly your work has an impact on on business uh, metrics and customer outcomes. I think that's what matters. Like the titles are magical. Cool. Well, lots of learning, lots of stuff we do. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was a that was a big tangent, but thank you for asking. Uh, and <laughs> well, let's talk for a moment about. Yeah. Go ahead. I said it's part of our reflection time. What are we doing? What are we learning as we oh, go? Here? Yeah. Okay. We're taking a step back. We're taking a deep breath, and I think we can also take a deep breath and think about 2023 for C Lab, Dave. I I feel like I feel like C Lab 2023 was our white album. Like okay. I think you and I each kind of focused on some separate projects within C-Lab mm-hmm. that hopefully added up to an enjoyable whole. Like, I think you spent a lot of time this year finding some interesting voices from the companies who are working on customer education topics, a lot of our sponsors. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I spent a lot of time having candid conversations with other customer education leaders and diving into some of these, like like how they're thinking about expanding their scope, taking on customer success, digital success topics. And between that, like you kind of have like a a 360 view on on the field. Yeah. And it's, I mean, those of you out there that are following, thank you so much. We'll use that as another opportunity to share the love, find the others, refer refer people to this podcast because it's exactly what we'd hoped to do. We're having the good conversations and externalizing what's going on in our heads a lot more structured way. Yeah. And uh, we hit some real milestones this year. We hit 100 episodes and we hit five years of C-Lab. Yeah, that's profound. 100 episodes was one thing, but five years of doing this is something pretty special. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope no one does the math of exactly whether we hit our biweekly schedule or not. But I think like <laughs> I think that that gives you that gives you a little bit of an insight, right? Because okay, so. We celebrated the 100th episode. We're not going to talk about the 100th episode anymore. Go listen to it. We did a whole spectacular earlier this year. It was our third most listened episode of the year. So I think people were interested to hear. Uh, we Like we talked a lot about our own like failures and mistakes. And we had customer education leaders call in and, and give advice to their past selves. It's a super cool episode. Uh, but like, let's, let's not talk about the 100th episode. Let's talk about five years. Yeah, let's go through that. Like, do you remember how we started this whole thing, Dave? Yeah, I, I was I was telling uh, somebody recently about that that moment. For me, it was well, we were at Sedma, 
right? What was mm-hmm. it? 20... Well, that's how we that's how we met. Yeah, we met. I think it. we've told that story on the podcast before. Did, we, did you have we ever told the story about like when you pitched me the podcast? I don't think so. Do you remember where we were? I think we were at uh, Cherry Street Coffee here in uh, Seattle and probably Belltown area. Yeah. In Belltown. Yeah. Yeah. And and you you were like, I was in town for a, a business meeting. And <laughs> that sounds shady. It was like it was a customer visit. <laughs> it was a business. And I was, I was the first one like import export. No, was- like I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and and. You were like, hey, Adam, like, uh, I know this coffee shop near where your client is. Like, do you want to come hang out after work? And I came over and we were, you know, we were just like having our usual conversations. And you were like, hey, you know what? Like, uh, there's no podcast about customer education. Do you want to do a podcast? Yep. You're like, yeah. Yeah, we walked out of there pretty excited because we had it. We had it pretty planned out after. Well, it was really good coffee. It was good coffee, but yeah, like, I think we both, we both really came out motivated by the idea that we could do something that helped raise the, the industry. And like, I don't think it was a, it, it wasn't like super, super deliberate. Like, I think we had a lot of our concept and we were going to do our hypotheses and all that stuff that if you go back and listen to the original episodes, you can hear like a little bit more of the original concept in there. It's evolved over time, but I think what has stayed the same is that we're really focused on having the types of discussions that raise the profile of customer education and highlight the the challenges that customer education leaders uh, run into, right? That's why we still, Sorry. even today, still say some version of the intro, uh, if it's me saying the intro, uh, usually a little bit more straight if you're saying the intro, uh, that it's about customer education, myths and misconceptions and finding best practices. Yeah. It's been a long journey. Five years is we've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. We've had each of us has had multiple, if not more, opportunities to do this. We've talked to everybody. Now you're in Europe. But wow, it was I think the hardest part about it, and this is for anybody that thinks about, oh, let's start a podcast. You know, I remember Bill talking to us. Hey, if you get past number 12, you're in. And that was work. But to get to 100. Was, was an astounding amount of work, work with a lot of learning lessons where, God, we we published whenever initially, right? We had no schedule. We would just kind of get, to, oh, we got a new another episode. And then we would kind of flop it together. I manually edited almost every one of mm-hmm. 80 years. And then sometimes we would like take breaks and come back and be like, it's a new season. Yeah, that, yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, but... We've 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 gotten more professional over time. We have gotten uh, like real non you or me editors, <laughs> and now we're able to produce on a, a more do. regular schedule. So it's like it's super cool to see that you know we've been able to evolve this thing over time. I'm so thankful that we have sponsors that let us fund some of those activities for the show, and uh, you know I think like let's continue to have our our mission in year six be to continue to highlight voices from customer ed and connect uh the industry together yep fine keep finding the others um i guess to that point i'd also want to say that if you're on the website again it's customer.education we do have a submission of it i hope so uh we have a form up there and if you'd like to be on the show 
again, we're looking to expand our understanding, to look for great examples of how to do things, what are best practices, what not to do, what are myths, new stuff, new ideas, new platforms. But we're always focused on the craft. So if you want to talk with us, fill out the forum, tell us what you want to want to bring to the world. We, we want to share with the others and we want to find the others too. Couldn't have said it better myself. C-Lab is proudly sponsored by Thought Industries. They've got a super robust tech platform to run your customer ed program, and they've built a think tank and community. Just look, they've released the Customer Education Playbook, a definitive book on customer ed for practitioners. They've released frameworks like maturity models, assessments, and toolkits, and they've got great community events like the Cognition Conference, Roundtables, and Discussion Forums. But of course, there's also the Tech Forward platform. Thought Industries has developed a headless solution to allow for heavy customization and has a multi-tenant architecture built to scale custom learning portals to your client base to deliver personalized learning for different roles and groups. Check out Thought Industries as you grow and evolve your program, especially if you're doing things like adding paid subscriptions, using free or freemium learning in your marketing strategy, integrating your learning data into your org's overall data strategy, or learning data to prove ROI. Check them out at thoughtindustries.com and tell them C-Lab sent you. All right, I think I think uh, we have now done a lot of back padding so yeah. why don't we actually so okay so let's let's use this as a lead-in right like you we just talked about what the third most listened episode of the year was do you know what the first most episode listened uh, most listened episode of the year was oh my god i don't i have to look hint it has to do with what we're talking about today oh our prediction episode the beginning of the year it was. It was the prediction episode that we did at the beginning of the year, where we did our 2022 recap and 2023 predictions. So that was the most listened episode of the year. And we said during that episode, uh, wouldn't it be a good idea if we came back at the end of the year and actually saw uh, whether those predictions came true? So Dave, I'm holding us accountable. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it now. Wow. Accountability. That's great. Consistent schedule, accountability. <laughs> it's like it's a, whole, it's a whole new world. It's Ooh. yeah. What are we, what are we even doing here? Like uh, this is okay. pretending like we're serious. <laughs> All right. So uh, prediction number one, why don't we go through them? A uh, prediction number one that we had last year was that we would see more economic tumult. I don't know if that's how you say that word. Uh, Sounds cool. Tumult, more layoffs. We said it would be an inflection point where the programs that continued investing in scalable education programs would operate more efficiently. Um, and in fact, like for companies that might be doing reductions in force of their more one-to-one uh, -one roles, like CSMs or support agents, like they were actually going to rely more on customer education as a way to scale. Uh, and they could fuel more growth with their reduced headcount. So Dave, did that happen? Yes, absolutely. It did. You know, we, um, and and you speaking to that point of digital customer success, that's been a really big theme this year. Um, that movement where sales teams are realizing we gotta operate more efficiently. Are we still doing one-to-one -one training? It keeps coming up everywhere. Oh, well, our CSM do so much training. Yeah. So we're definitely we we got one, one point on the board. <laughs> I'll take one point on the board. Okay. I'll take yeah. that here. Cool. Good. Right. Do you want to do you want to do what was our next? Uh, What's our next one? The prediction. next one was efficiency and sustainable growth, which kind of uh, goes along with the the flip side of layoffs and tumult, right? We said that that growth at all costs, 
is over. I think we we mean mm -hmm. I think we meant from a corporate level. Yeah, we were talking about like the end of the zero interest rate phenomenon and all of that. Unfortunately, yeah. So customer ed education teams are being a lot more ruthless about prioritizing initiatives um, that create efficiency. So what do we think? Did we did we hit this one, Adam? This also happened. So I think 2023 uh, has been described as the year of the CFO. Uh, so therefore, we're seeing more programs prove oh, yeah. ROI. <laughs> like both through, like we talked about correlation analyses, right? Like let's see the impact that customer education has on other things, but also um, by focusing on how customer education drives the customer life cycle, especially revenue retention more efficiently than other means. So for those of you who are doing ROI analyses, I, I think like in addition to looking at this normal stuff where we're like, what relationship does customer education, like uh, engagement in customer education programs have with uh, revenue retention? What uh, correlation does engagement with customer education programs have with support ticket reduction? Like definitely show that stuff. Um, but I think also starting to look more into if we compare the cost to serve a ticket, the cost to serve a renewing account, yeah. the cost to generate a lead for customer education versus other means, I think that is going to become a more uh, important way to prove ROI as uh, you know in the coming years. Yeah, it's still a, a profoundly difficult challenge because you need to have the architecture in place, the foundation in place to be able to measure that and discriminate the differences of how, you know, okay, what did support do? What did education do? But yeah, we're on track. No, well, we don't, we don't discriminate here. <laughs> discriminate technically. In this, in this house, we discriminate technically. Okay, cool. Next one. Uh, we talked about the whole like, Flexible work, globalization, macroeconomics, lingering pandemic, all of that kind of stuff uh, meant that live training, especially like live training on site to the client site, training centers, all that kind of stuff would not really come back in full force. Like we thought that a lot of the virtual and hybrid approach to e-learning that got built up during the pandemic was going to stay even as the world started to open back up, which... Um, you know, really started to happen more last year, but this is the first year that I think like people were doing budget planning, like really knowing that, okay, like we're going to, we're going to have travel again. Like we're going to be on site with people. Uh, so we thought we would see more investments in remote and async. What do you think? Did that happen? Sort of, sort of, sort of. Well, yeah, we, we do see more live conferences, user groups, um, you know, but yeah, I, I, the the big live training programs just didn't necessarily come back all the way because, gosh, we're we're still cost cutting, and in and, and now now it's economic cost cutting, not the fact that we can't be together in the same room because we'll get sick and die. You know, it's a totally different thing. And I would say that the underpinning of this is that lots of folks are still in survival mode. If you've lost most of your team, are you going to go out and start doing that live training again? Probably not. Yeah. Now it's not the leanest way to do. That works. So it's like, so yeah, we were sort of right. It's like, it's, it's not coming back in full force, but for different reasons. than I think we originally said, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go into the next one, Adam. Um, one thing that, that I think we said was investments in that going back to ROI investments in ROI calculation and data and things behind it. We talked, talked about that before will be the key. You know, we said that vendors would become, a lot more involved there. So did that happen? 
What do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, ROI calculation remains key, but I don't think we saw breakthroughs in ROI calculations or anything like that. Like, I don't think we saw like a meaningful push uh, either from the vendor side or the practitioner side to to really revolutionize that. So um, let's let's do better next year, everyone. Yeah, well, it's a hard problem. I think we all need to be aligned on how are the what are the low hanging fruits. Let's get them, let's get them into our platform so we can easily. Me- I am seeing tendrils of that, and I've heard vendors talk in in um, roadmaps about how we're going to bring this to the table. But it's not. You've got all this bi directional stuff that's coming in from different data sources where I think it becomes challenging. Yeah, I mean, you don't have all the data in one place to really be able to prove that. Like, if if I'm a vendor and I can only see like some of the data, I can't necessarily programmatically do that anyway. Yeah. Um, so I agree, it's not because anyone's being lazy that we can't get this information. It's because it's legitimately hard to put all of this information together, and because a lot of it is so specific to the business, right? Like, like proving ROI for your program means you already have to know a lot about how your business operates and how you would expect to see ROI. So I think where where we can make progress here is maybe less by trying to automate the solution and more by giving some guidance and structured argumentation to customer education leaders on how they can build an, uh, build an ROI model. I've seen some progress there. I think we can probably continue seeing more of that. Yeah, I'm taking initiative. Yep. Cool. Okay, and then we talked about this is a really big one. We talked about Chat GPT, AI, machine learning models. Uh, we said that, and actually, I listened back to this episode recently. Like somehow we went through this whole description, and I never figured out the term for a uh, large language model. Like I think I never once said LLM, and we were clearly <laughs> talking about LLMs, which like again goes to show just how far we've come in one year. Chat GPT just turned one year old not too long ago. So like this was like super new when we recorded that episode. It's crazy how super new it still is. And what we said was there are there are some hype cycles that are kind of meaningless for customer education and people overreact and are like, is Pokemon Go going to be the future of learning? No, probably not. Um, (laughs) Let's 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 Pokemon Go to uh, our live training events. Um, Rather. This one was someone something to pay attention to. But we said it's not going to immediately take all of our jobs. We said that AI is going to be used primarily for content development efficiencies and for ideation, synthesis, analysis, kind of doing some of the like prep work, summary work, and that it was a trend to take seriously, but it wasn't immediately going to like, you know, completely come to fruition and overtake everything that we do today. So uh, did that happen, Dave? Big freaking time. Big freaking time. Big freaking time. AI didn't take our jobs, but you know, the the use cases that we had talked about that you just listed off. Yeah, definitely. We're seeing, uh, you know, this is a good opportunity to step back for me because I said leading into this, I went to a lot of conferences this year. Every single one of them brought to bear in those conferences. This is how we're thinking about AI machine learning. This is how it's going to be expressed in our roadmap. And it was evocative of things that you said. You're getting a lot of that sprinkled dosage of, oh, you know what? I um, Why don't you throw at me a video and some copy and stuff about whatever tr- you want to train on and let me structure it a little bit. Like you and I have both done. Get in a chat GPT. 
give me an outline of a course for customer education, including blah, blah, blah. And you get back this really good thing. What if that's in a platform and I am a customer success manager, not a trained instructional designer. I have a general idea of what to do things. I don't know how to connect the dots in the best way. I load up my platform, put some stuff in, and now I've got a really loose structure that's actually maybe put it into a couple slides and ask a couple questions and I need to polish it. That stuff's coming. It's here. It's really freaking amazing. What things do you see? Yeah, a lot of yeah, totally. Like a lot of this technology now is is here. I think we've kind of we've seen it in in a couple of ways, right? There's there's AI that's sort of being like sprinkled into existing products where the use cases are a little bit superficial. And I think those will deepen over time because some of this is just like FOMO, right? Like you don't want to be left out and not have some AI functionality. We're seeing some products where AI is being woven in way more to the core, but it kind of needs to be proven out. You need to get a demo. You need to see how it works in reality. Right. And uh, you you also have some products that I think increasingly will be coming really from the, uh, like, like being built from the ground up really as AI products. And those we're seeing maybe the, the first generation of, but we're not really seeing uh, like a full, we're not seeing them fully come to fruition. Right. So I think next year we would expect to see more native AI products get this right and really start to build up their use cases. But I think as with everything, we really still need to vet like where is AI kind of being sprinkled in and we're being sold a dream versus like where are, where is AI really solving a core use case for us? And I think at some point, the bubble is going to burst a little bit on on AI, not to say it's going to completely fall apart, but rather to say it's going to differentiate which companies are using AI to solve actual problems versus which companies are just putting AI in their name or on their yeah. their like uh, marketing assets. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. C-Lab is proudly sponsored by Thought Industries. They've got a super robust tech platform to run your customer ed program, and they've built a think tank and community. Just look, they've released the Customer Education Playbook, a definitive book on customer ed for practitioners. They've released frameworks like maturity models, assessments, and toolkits, and they've got great community events like the Cognition Conference, Roundtables, and Discussion Forums. But of course, there's also the Tech Forward platform. Thought Industries has developed a headless solution to allow for heavy customization and has a multi-tenant architecture built to scale custom learning portals to your client base to deliver personalized learning for different roles and groups. Check out Thought Industries as you grow and evolve your program, especially if you're doing things like adding paid subscriptions, using free or freemium learning in your marketing strategy, integrating your learning data into your org's overall data strategy, or learning data to prove ROI. Check them out at thoughtindustries.com and tell them C-Lab sent you. All right. Yeah. Continue. We've got a lot here. Wow. Um, let's talk now continued consolidation of customer education related functions where we said, you know, we expect internal external merges, but increasingly we see, in, you know, within an organization, this, this alignment or merging with engagement and community. What do we see? Mm -hmm. What kind of, where did this land this year? Uh, also big time. I think like we saw a lot of focus on digital customer success mm -hmm. uh, and how these programs own multiple touch points. So a lot of coupling between customer ed and community, customer ed and adoption, digital success, internal enablement and customer education. 
uh, these are businesses trying to find efficiencies. And I feel like we've seen typically two of those programs get paired together, but we're not seeing a lot that are consolidating all of that or even most of that under one roof, at least at this point. Uh, that might that might continue to uh, to happen, though. Yeah, I hope so, because when you get those kinds of alignments, like you have community and customer education, right, in, in your remit, but now you can like look down into both of those and see the interplay and you get synergies from that. 100%. Hundo P. Okay, uh, why don't we go quickly through the last one? We saw, we uh, we said that we would see more maturity of customer education, like more analyst attention, more consultants entering the field, maybe another book, uh, which um, I, I thought I had a juicy lead there, but I did not. Uh, Dave, did that happen? Kind of. Yeah, we've seen. I think it's just been a hard year. We've seen some new consultants, see some more analyst work, seen definitely seen the attention, but I think what's held back some of the maturity has definitely been the market, you know, macroeconomic struggles that have been continuing where, you know, you're already trying to, to survive. Are we going to expand mm, somewhat, but it's mixed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, okay. What else? Um, I wanted to bring up headless. Um, okay. As a Sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's the headless horseman. Um, headless, headless LMS concept, you know, vis-a-vis -vis TI, where we're tying to a low-code, no-code. So this, we're basically kind of going back 30 years ago when, when we would build education software to deliver the education that we had. I think it, I think it's interesting, but I, I, it, it's something we're going to have to watch long-term. And that's what we were, I think, did it happen? No. Not like we expected to. It didn't take off because of exactly what I said. We have to reframe our thinking to say, oh, now we can embed our education in all the platform and wherever in our organization. It could be in our platform itself. It could be a community site. It could be wherever. That's a different way of thinking. So I think it's, it's lacking a little bit. It needs more time. Yeah. All right. Keep going. We've got a few more. What about uh, all right? What about what the, else? What we, else we got? We had a lightning round runs. Like okay, I think there are five, four or five points that we said. What's not going to happen? You want to? Yeah. Wanna... Okay. Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we just like blaze through these, right? Because like we're like blockchain for education, uh, not going to happen, right? Like the, the, it's being used for credentialing, but we didn't really see many other use cases. I think we were right about that. Yep. We said metaverse for education isn't going to happen. Didn't happen. Basically collapsed this year. We also said more generally AR and VR outside of industries like manufacturing, healthcare, et cetera, wasn't really going to happen. Yep. It is happening in those uh, places, but like still really hasn't found any rooting in SaaS. I don't think it will. Uh, and then we also said, uh, you know, we were going to stop trying to make fetch happen when it came to renaming customer education. So like, names like customer enablement, organizational education. We thought like customer education is probably still going to be predominantly known as customer education. I think it is, even though now it's starting to get rolled up a little bit into digital success. So I think that's probably one to watch. Yeah. You know, just kind of recapping all that. I did an account while we were going through. Uh, we, we out of 12, I counted 12 items. We hit 10 to 12, 10 out of 12, 83 okay. prediction. That's pretty good. 
we were we were six eight for the for the core and four four of the knots. Yep. So like four on the floor for things that didn't happen. <laughs> shuffle beat for the core. <laughs> shuffle beat. Oh, you musician, you. I love that. Six eight time. That bro. was a that yeah that that was a really stupid music joke. <laughs> okay, that was fun. Uh, any any new predictions, Dave? What are we going to see in twenty twenty four? Uh, yeah. Um, I think off the cuff, a lot of extensions upon what we already saw. You know, we're it's probably going to be like more like a continuation of twenty twenty three because it really didn't feel twenty twenty three happened. It was just gosh, you know, we need a. <laughs> good solid it, it's not going to be a sea change there'll be evolution but like it's not it's not going to feel completely different so like okay um i agree i think ai let's continue to keep an eye on that we're going to see like we said like more use cases more refinement of the existing solutions uh probably things that just got sprinkled in are going to continue to deepen uh we're going to see more native products really come to solve problems in the learning space using ai uh, i'm already hearing of a lot of them that are kind of at the seed stage uh, i think like it'll be a shift from the hype cycle, right? Like chat GPT was only one year ago. Um, so we're, we're going to move from hype to more like AI based companies needing to prove their existence. I think some of them uh, are going to become aqua hires and are not going to be like going concerns in the market. So like I already said that don't need to re repeat it too much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe we might see an initial cohort of startups that use AI to solve specifically customer education problems. Cause like we see a couple I think you're, we're already seeing some uh, startups and uh, companies solving these problems more generally, like not specifically in the customer education space. So like media production, localization, uh, content creation, we're, we're already seeing that. So I expect there might be some who really um, solve that problem specifically for customer education, media production, customer education, localization, customer education authoring, right? Because that's already starting to happen, but I think we'll see more maybe in-app content delivery. Yeah. Probably not so much. Like, I, I don't think we'll see like a full AI LMS, right? Because like, I just don't think that's how an LMS works. It not might be. Yeah, not right. Not within a year. Like, I, I no, I fully believe there's some future where you'll have like a fully curated LMS powered by AI. I just don't think like 2024 is the year that happens. Um, I don't. So I, I think there we're going to see more like existing providers figuring out how to deepen their AI use case not a lot of like completely built from scratch customer education ai lmss yeah you know one uh, one thing i'd take a, a stab at predicting i can see a platform come out with like a a bootstrap tool like an ai tool where it's hey i've got i've got you know usually by the time i'm building education programs we've got a really great documentation library and some basic stuff and if you could throw that in as your large language model and then have it articulate like with good educational bones, something quickly to scaffold off of. Oh my gosh, that would be just a stellar way to to do stuff. Plus, seeing an expansion of products like Vidiate, where you know you can quickly put together and assemble content based off of a script. It's it's that's game changer stuff, especially for early phase, early growth companies. Yeah, and and like as a customer education leader, the more you're able to invest in these technologies and show that you can produce content more efficiently the you know the more you're also going to help prove your own uh, uh like not value i don't know if that's the right word but like you know prove that you're kind of taking the mandate of, of becoming more efficient as a business yeah 
Um, I think I think efficiency in general is going to be a big theme for next year. Like it's it's not just AI; it's those who know how to do the work more efficiently are going to win. So if you can demonstrate that you're driving outcomes for the business efficiently, um, that's going to help you. So I think like we're going to see more customer education leaders really making deeper investments in automation uh, because customer education programs also cannot continue throwing bodies at the problem. So like if you're going to learn some new skills next year, could be cool to learn uh, iPass like Zapier or Workato. Uh, Dave, you've been preaching that one from from the mountain for a long time, and you could listen to some of our older episodes on iPass for customer education to learn about that. Uh, Also things like digital asset managers, trying to create integrations between systems like this stuff will make you more efficient. Yeah, it's it it kind of falls in the scale digital success play, where if you're able to not just make, um, we don't want to make a completely passive, like you just go and take a university thing. We want triggers and we want things that happen after I do something or after I not if I don't do something and getting all that fabric so that I don't have to be the prompt as a human being. Those kind of things make everything go so much more fluidly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What else? Any other predictions? Um yeah, you know, we didn't see one of the acquisitions that happened over the year. We didn't see that coming. The, the oh, well, who could predict that, Dave? <laughs> I'm not a mind reader. Better be. Come on. Industry, industry expert. Yeah, we didn't we didn't think about that. And that we we just talked again about that digital scale, digital success, digital customer success. Customer education has always been this factor in helping, you know, con- concress knowledge and get to the right people when they need it. And I think that alignment, that that pivot of Gainsight that they made to say, okay, we're going to acquire this customer ed platform and roll that in alongside an ecosystem of other things like gain. I'm not going to try to be an ad, but you know, I've got Gainsight with its ability to make dashboards and show what people are doing and to be able to put things in app and to be able to report on what you, Adam, are doing in app. And maybe you're trying something three times, going back and failing. Going back to the prompt thing, Zapier, Mercado, with a platform like Gainsight, I could see what people are struggling with and maybe be more proactive. So that kind yeah, of- I mean, it's it's interesting not not specifically just because of Gainsight acquired Northpass. It's interesting because it signals that we will see more consolidation between customer success specifically, digital customer success, and some of these services like customer education and community. So like. I think Gainsight would also be the first to say, like, you can set this up without Gainsight if you want to, like they can they can make it more efficient for you. But like the point is that you should do it. The point is you should make this investment. And in fact, like I would I'll plug some other episodes we did this year because we we did talk to Gainsight and North Pass. We talked to Nick Meta and Steve Cornwell. But additionally, I talked to some customer education leaders who are also customer success leaders this year. So um, if you remember, we talked about what the number one and number three episodes were. Episode number two in the rankings, our second most listened to episode this year, was Tiffany Taylor on her excellent episode on this exact topic. She was talking about the overlap between customer success and customer education. So I expect to see that continue in a big way. Please. It's that, you know what? Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And I heard just within this last month that same lament. Our customer success managers are training and training and training and training and training 
why are customer success managers training when you have a customer education team? It's still coming up. So I would expect to see yep. that trend, you know, decrease the CSM doing the same live training one-on-one -on -one yep. to make it a digital play. I spoke to a customer success leader earlier this year. I will keep them anonymous, but like they were reflecting on their time during the zero interest rate boom years. And they said, we never considered that there were different ways to solve these problems than by throwing CSMs at it. Like we, we let CSM solve everything because we felt like it was a bespoke way to serve the customer and we had the money to do it. So we never invested in building these more scalable programs. We never invested truly oh. in customer education, in community, in digital customer success, because we thought, you know what, that's something for our scale segment and our scale segment can do that. But like our high touch segment, they can just have their CSM and the CSM can do the training and can do all that stuff. It's only now with the benefit of hindsight that they realized that was actually wrong. Like everyone should have been taking advantage of customer education and it's becoming apparent now because you can't just hire a bunch of CSMs to do all that work. And the CSMs do have to allocate their time more between uh, you know, higher portfolio sizes. So it's kind of forcing these, these reckonings, I think, that uh, weren't as obvious when you could just continue to hire CSMs all the time. Yeah. That's interesting. That is really interesting. So the problem came full, it's fully formed now. We know and it's it's we feel it painfully. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get close to wrapping this up. Like we made some New Year's resolutions last year, thinking about our most uh, highly viewed, uh, highly listened episodes. Uh, last year we had uh, a maximum mini, as we called it, uh, because we set out intending to do a mini episode, and then uh, you and I can't keep our mouths shut, so we ended up doing a really long uh, mini episode that was longer than our normal episodes. That was the number five performing episode of last year. Uh, it was on working with marketing. So we said we wanted to return to that series and we wanted to do working with product, working with sales, working with finance. Uh, like how do you collaborate with other key departments? Um, it hasn't aired yet, but we do have an episode that will air at the beginning of next year on working with product. And I'm very excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah. Cool. Um, we also said we wanted to have more substantial episodes on thorny topics, localization, more candid topics like leadership with customer education leaders. We tell it like it is, and we did that. Um, yeah. Like you just mentioned, Tiffany Taylor, that was an amazing episode. Caitlin Wood on customer success, another amazing episode. Uh, Lisa and Alessandra on resilience and change management. Shelly Grieve on cohort learning. Man. You know, we had all yeah. that we did the hundredth episode. We had people come in and, and that was fun where we had all the little, a lot of friends of the show sharing advice for their past yeah. selves. Hey, someone told me, and I can't, now I can't remember who told me this. It'll come to me like the moment I'm not on mic anymore, but someone yeah. was telling me that like they had their boss, uh, who I think is a customer success leader who has a customer education mandate. Listen to the, the Caitlin Wood episode. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they were, they were like, having all of these light bulb moments and writing it down and being like, Oh my gosh, uh, now we really need to go do this. Like this, this is, this is articulating what I've never, uh, thought uh -huh. about before. So, you know, congrats Caitlin for, uh, sparking some, some big light bulb moments there. I, I think that's the value in, in having some of these like really good, candid, meaningful conversations. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah. Um, 
what uh, anything else before before we wrap up uh yeah there were a couple more we said we wanted to come back to the topic of breaking into customer education uh we did that we did that in the stephanie pellegrino two-parter this year that. so go back and listen to that that was a really candid discussion yeah and uh yeah i i, I mean i think those are the big the big things that we wanted to revisit this year uh we have more episodes coming. We said we wanted to do some on customer education, pricing and packaging. Mm. Uh, we will have some of those coming in the next year as well. So uh, we put out a call on LinkedIn to to get some experts. Uh, I'll be recording those ones soon. And we'll always continue to look at our most listened episodes and use that to inform what topics we cover. So one thing you can do, uh, we're kind of ending with a call to action Indeed. here what is audience do let's let's do the call to action. Yeah, you remember we actually used to have that in our in our like episode format. So okay. the call to action: get out a pen and paper, and but no, but this time, get out a uh, LinkedIn uh, draft, and you can post on LinkedIn like when you have thoughts on an episode or when you have reflections. Uh, every once in a while, someone does that, and it starts a really cool discussion. Uh, often we're in there. We like to know what resonates with you. We like to know what you think about the episodes. It probably sparks some learnings that that you have yourself so like if you hear an episode and it, it really like you know hits you right in the feels or, or makes you think something like please share it uh please let us know what you think because we look at those whenever we're tagged and uh, we use those as well to make the program pro the the programming that we do more relevant to you absolutely yeah we we want to know and again we talked about we have a, a form on customer education you can put a topic in there but yeah let's don't hold back Tell us what you want to learn from. We have the platform to bring people on and answer the right answer those questions. Well, let's do it. Yeah, and we also have a podcast website at customer.education where you can find show notes and other materials. If you found value in this podcast, you can share it with your friends, your peers, your enemies if you want to keep them close, and your network to help us find the others. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. They're all on LinkedIn. On Coda is also on LinkedIn, but I don't know if he'll accept your request. He did write our theme music though. So thank you, Alan, for that. All right. And if you are subscribed right now, you know, we really appreciate a little help, five-star review, comments, love, Apple podcast, all the places, Spotify, that really helps us expand this platform, this show to the rest of the world. And again, to all of you, thank you for all of the years supporting us thank you for joining us on this one get out there educate experiment thanks for five years to my live peers